On this episode of Athletic Training Chat, we have a repeat guest, Mike Watkins. Mike was on our Race and Athletic Training Roundtable um, back a year or so ago. Um, it was episode 47, if you want to go check that out. But uh, during that, Mike talked about uh, his kind of side business, his fitness business called Festive Fitness. And now over the course of time, working through a pandemic, how Festive Fitness is operating is different, and that's what we talk about. So it's really turned from what Mike was doing um, full-time to now being his side business, along with working in an orthopedic clinic. It's a really great story, talking about some very important aspects of finding your specific target audience, serving people that have a need, um, and you can just tell Mike's passion for it. And it's really just interesting and very fascinating. So if it's something you're ever considering doing, this is an episode worth listening to. As always, we are powered by Mueller Sports Medicine. I know they've got a lot of excited things coming down the pipeline. I've been talking to a few other athletic trainers about it, and they are really excited to see where some of these things are going here in the near future so please check them out but without further ado please enjoy this episode with repeat guest mike watkins Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. We are on with Mike Watkins, who is a repeat guest. He was on our Race in Athletic Training Roundtable, uh, which I was complete sidebar thinking about earlier. We should do a follow-up with everybody uh, just to kind of see where everybody's at and what the how things are going. So stay tuned, um, hopefully, for that in the future. But uh, we've been meaning to get this episode on the books for a while, and the original thought of it was... Uh, Mike operates his own fitness company, Festive Fitness, as he mentioned at the end of that episode. Uh, but since then, obviously, a few things have happened. Um, global pandemic, things that, you know, in case you haven't noticed, that's been going on. But uh, now that we do have it scheduled, that whole journey has changed again. Um, but Festive Fitness is still in the mix, and we're going to kind of talk about all of that. But before we get into it, I just wanted to turn it over to Mike to fill in a bit of background on kind of what your history is as an AT, um, the development of Festive Fitness, excuse me, and where we're at today. Yeah, well, uh, first, thanks for having me again. Um, it's It feels like so long ago, and yet also just like yesterday when that last episode was. Sure. Um, but I'm excited to be back again. Um, but yeah, my name is Mike Watkins. Uh, I'm uh, based out of Philadelphia. I've lived in Philly for it's a little over six years now. Um, uh, background, um, I started um, undergrad. Actually, um, I went to multiple undergrads, had a long kind of story, uh, but I started at Penn State actually, um, and then life happened, had to take some time off, uh, but ended up finishing undergrad at University of Florida, um, and then did uh, all my work there, um, moved up to Philly for grad school, um, did work with teams up at Temple and got my master's, and have been here ever since. 
Um, in terms of festive fitness, um, I started that um, about a little over probably a year and a half ago now. Um, it was right around January, February of 2020, um, right when I started things, um, so right before pandemic. Um, I did that um, really kind of out of a pivot um, and really more so a need and desire um, to helping those that had similar backgrounds to me. So um, in the neighborhood where I live in, it's really, I'm very tapped into um, the queer identity and the queer scene and really helping those who haven't really given the chance to access fitness the way they wanted to, um, was able to provide those resources. Um, and then just using what I learned in athletic training, um, I was previously um, a board director for a, a gay sports league in the city. So I was still around a lot of sports and seeing still injuries and seeing just how um, people still hurt themselves and still need help. Um, so it was just kind of out of those two needs that I was able to kind of uh, create festive fitness. Um, and then the pandemic happened and that was like, a, oh, wow, that's life. So pivoted to online work. Um, so did online classes, online group fitness classes, um, personal training, um, did that, um, kind of took off, not gonna lie, um, uh, especially in the Philadelphia area. Um, I was grateful enough um, to be featured in uh, the Philadelphia Magazine as one of the best like new and up and coming trainers. Um, so really successful, um, but also very draining mentally, um, as anyone can imagine, starting a new business is not easy. Um, and so doing things every day was just kind of taking a toll. Um, so it made kind of a little bit of another shift and pivot. Um, and so now I currently, I'm kind of back in the AT um, health allied field, allied health field, uh, working at an orthopedic clinic, um, and then still doing festive fitness as part time. So um, still keeping my clients. Um, I'm kind of at the point where I get to just uh, tell people I'm not taking any new clients at the moment, which um, is not a bad thing to have. Um, and yeah, living life um, and just kind of enjoying myself uh, one day at a time and staying festive as always. Love it. Um, so you, you referenced, you know, the AT skills and how that kind of transferred over to fitness. Um, and by no means do I think that is a, you know, a step back or anything, but generally kind of a different skill set. Um, although some could argue, and I've heard this, you know, the difference between kind of strength and conditioning and rehab is just volume and intensity. So there's a lot of crossover between all of those, but what skills do you think both kind of clinically and even on the administrative side, did athletic training help you when you decided to start this business and it really started getting going? Um, well, I'd say kind of one of the biggest things that really helped make me realize like that I it was in a possibility for me was more on the admin side. Um, so doing uh, personal training just kind of on the side at other gyms, um, really saw there was... Um, I won't say there was just a lot of mismanagement, let's put it that way. Okay. Um, and so there was just seeing like cracks and things that I was doing that just felt, felt like second nature to me that I just would learn through admin. 
um, was not second nature for others. Um, yeah. And so doing things like that, just being able to, uh, keeping up with files, um, really being able to communicate with other people and just being able to get along um, really was able to help me in terms of like building clientele um, and kind of getting the word out. So um, I'd say that administrative helped. Um, in terms of clinical skills, um, one of the biggest things that I used was a lot of like manual therapy, learning that. Um, uh, a lot of what I did was not just kind of physical, but also kind of coaching people through, um, whatever injuries, things that they had, and, um, really taking those manual skills, um, into work. So I actually, in my office, have a, a massage table. So able to do work on patients and not, I get work client patients <laughs> all the time confused nowadays sure. um but working just with clients in terms of kind of finding releases um in different ways myofascial like a myofascial release things like that um so those would be kind of the biggest skills um also just in terms um, my background with at having worked with gymnastics um really prepared me a lot in seeing kind of like what the body does in terms of movements jumps and landings and kind of what areas like what needs to be do um, are better and safer. Um, so I would always take that a lot of the work I did was like functional training that would include things like box jumps and so helping coaching people through a safe way to do them so that they're not getting injured through it, um, taking those skills into it. Awesome. Yeah, that I'm always curious about the admin side just because of the way that AT is, especially as you're coming up and you were, like you mentioned, you were at two pretty big universities um, with busy, busy athletic departments that the time management thing just seems to be kind of a second nature uh, for most athletic trainers that doesn't always come with other, other educational aspects, I guess. Yeah, it's hard for me to, uh, for sometimes to feel like busy because I'm like, oh, this sure. is, I'm, I'm, I'm used to things in a different way. So that yep. was always kind of helpful. What was the most surprising thing you learned starting the business? Um, hmm. The most surprising, I'd have to say, and this is maybe touche, um, but just how much kind of work really goes into it. Um, uh, not taking anything for granted, but or not thinking that anything was going to be easy, but just really sure. just the daily grind and the daily work that it takes. Um, but it was also just really rewarding too. I think that was what something um, that helped me and the pandemic just gave me a lot of the time because um, it was just rewarding and it was something self that I was being able to do and produce. Um, and it was something that gave me joy in, in different ways that I hadn't felt before. And I understand that my one that always like, if I think about it, my mind gets blown is having to do like your taxes and just keep track of all of that oh. tax and, you know, all the different legal ish type stuff. Just. Yeah, no, the taxes part was no joke. Um, shout out to friends who are lawyers and who can do accountants and looking things over in that way. Um, um, because I was like, oh, wait, I have to do a different form and, and all of this. But um, I, I guess kind of admin uh, helped me with this is that um, I was really particular about like keeping track of finances and everything. So okay. that when it came down to taxes, like I basically had a yearly spreadsheet just already created that I just had to kind of 
look in. So I stress myself out, but the I guess the admin preparingness of it, AT and me, um, kind of helped make things a little bit lighter for me. Awesome. You said you transitioned online and that was super successful, but ultimately became overwhelming. Where, when did you start feeling that that was occurring, which ultimately has kind of led you back into, I don't mean this in a bad way, kind of the nine to five, you know, type role um, that you've taken in this orthopedic clinic. What facilitated that? Um, I mean, to be honest, a lot of the social media kind of uh, influenced it a lot. Um, As I was growing, it just became like a bigger demand, like having to promote or um, be seen or um, doing things that may be like seen as like, uh, sorry, I heard a random noise outside, Um, probably the wind, Um, just doing things that are seen as popular or successful within the the fitness realm doing a lot of that was just um kind of taxing and it felt like it was just hard to keep up with um and then just in general just um kind of my own desires like um one thing about that I was really particular on is that I never considered myself really a personal trainer I still always referred to myself as an athletic trainer um and so there was just a part of that that I was still just missing and still wanted to get back to um and so um a combination of things and just really a lot of self-reflection just really kind of said you can still do things but just doing it in a different way um in a different capacity will really allow you to still show up um one thing I always did took to myself and told my athletes was you have to make sure you take care of yourself and doing what's best for you may not look like the same for everyone else, but you have to do what's best for you. So I just, in that moment kind of made a decision, um, to take a step back. Um, and it was definitely not easy because, um, I definitely had to, um, cut some relationships with some clients just due to time, um, and cutbacks. And I really genuinely care about all of my clients, anyone that I've ever worked with. Um, but I just had to make a decision that was a little bit better for me, um, kind of long-term, um, to be able to provide. So what, so in taking what you've learned there, how has that helped you find the balance that you have now as you're still operating this part-time, you know, as a side hustle or however you want to call it, uh, what did you learn and how have you applied that? Um, I, one thing I've just learned is, uh, one trusting in myself, um, being, I guess a lot of times I really faced a lot of negative self-doubt, um, and doing the business really allowed me to know that my own work can stand on what it is. Um, And then also just being able to have boundaries and being able to say no when needed to. Um, So I'm not able to be available to my clients at all times. And they know that Um, there, there have been times where due to work, I'm not able to make it to see a client in the the way they wanted to. So we switch things up and they get another workout instead of meeting with me personal, like in person. So I'd say the flexibility Um, on my clients and as well as myself to being able to adapt in that way um, is something that I've taken with me. Have you found anything that's allowed you to create that trust with your clients to, you know, call an audible at the last minute, which obviously is not convenient for you or them, but to be able to have that strong relationship with them, have you found anything that's been 
kind of a key factor in that? Um, yeah, it's our shared identities. Um, that's honestly really what makes it the biggest difference. Um, uh, the, the client that I work with and that I'm really close with that I send those texts, um, they, and I don't want to speak on their behalf because I don't want to tell their story, um, but they are a non-binary individual that is going through the process of, of raising children and, and bringing children into this world. And so um, there's a level of closeness and familiarity that they feel with me that they don't feel with anyone else. Um, and there's a level of just trust that they understand that um, I'm genuinely looking out for them. Um, and it really is the same for me. And that's why I still keep my clients and still work with them is I get that same feeling that I working with athletes that I get from my clients, because a lot of them um, haven't been seen in the way that they deserve to have been seen before for several reasons. And so um, me giving them the care, the time and understanding and explaining things to them um, helps them so much. And they've been able to, they had, uh, they initially started working with me after coming off of a rotator cuff injury and just the nerves and fears that they had in terms of doing anything, just working out again. Um, and like them expressing that fear. And to me, I'm just like, oh, that's, I mean, that's nothing. What are, I mean, come on now, let's, let's keep it going. I'll see you next week. Okay, cool. Um, and so, and, and then hitting those markers that like we as an AT is just familiar, um, but for them seeing that is, and things that they never thought they'd be able to do because they're not a, a, an athlete that was on a team and had access to um, athletic trainers and things like that. They were someone that just push through. And so um, they really trust me. And I, and I think that's what helps. Um, and they don't, we don't just look at each other as just like a client and trainer. Um, it's just like it's friends. I'm um, just checking in on them and seeing how they're doing. Um, and they're, I'd say they're there as much, they're there for me as much as I am there for them. And so it's, it's an equal balance and it's an equal relationship. And I think that's, um, what leads to the trust and flexibility. I think you make some awesome points there that, you know, even that perspective of, you know, realizing that, yeah, a rotator cuff injury or even coming off of a surgery for us is just kind of, you know, that's just, it is what it is. Like, you know, that's what we do. And then for somebody else, that could, that, that could be a game changer in their life and they're nervous and they're worried about it. I know for me, having switched into a clinic setting, you know, sometimes people are literally just coming to see you and the physician because they want advice. We, you know, we're expecting some like heavy hitting, like we're going to try and save the world type of a deal. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but like some people are just literally looking for advice because it is not second nature to them to know these things. And so I know there's been a lot of people talking about it. And I think it's important, you know, that meeting that patient or that client where they are to help bring them along. Sounds like you have a pretty good handle on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confident in saying that. Um, yeah, I, I, I love my clients. I love the people that I work with. Um, they make my life better as, and I learn from them just as much as they learn from me. Um, and that's, that's been um, something that I've really cherished a lot. Um, and probably the most with Festive Fitness is just the relationships that I've built um, and the community that I've built through it. And yeah. that was, my main goal of it in the begin to begin with. So I've, um, there's still more goals to, to be made and to cross. Um, but that it's, I've definitely done a lot. 
you reference the community and this I'm just curious about. I've been doing just a lot of interesting reading where some of that stuff's come up and but not is there any like is that did that just come natural, I guess, or did you have you taken cues from any reading or books or just people that you look up to on how to build that community and build, you know, that kind of special relationship you have with the groups of people that you work with? Um, I would say uh, a part of it is, is, I will just say, it has just been me. Um, I'm luckily aware enough to know I've always been a leader. Um, I've been president and leader of so many different things. So um, doing that has always kind of been in my nature. Um, and in terms of um, books reading, um, I've never, I'm actually, I don't enjoy reading too many books that often. Um, I'm more of a listening person. That's but my brother has really played a large influence. Um, they started their own business um, prior to me starting their own business. Um, and so I was able to take a lot of pointers and a lot of steps from them. Um, and that kind of helped me um, lead. Um, they've also done a lot of work in terms of activism. Um, um, and so that helped me learn how to find my voice and learn how to speak up for things. Um, and definitely it was a long road, um, but it, that's kind of, my brother's kind of been a really big help in that sense. Awesome. AT world, kind of interesting right now. If you've been following along on social media, a lot of job openings. I know even a few here locally, I think we've got five versions of full-time positions open within even just our community that are struggling to get filled. Uh, and ATs are looking for some different avenues. Um, some of those might be more entrepreneurial. Hopefully some things will be changing with some state license laws. And uh, I know in Wisconsin, it just opened up that we no longer need a physician signature on protocol, which kind of opens the door to starting some deals. At least you don't have to find a physician to like you enough to give you their signature um, right. in order to get going. But what advice would you have for ATs that are maybe looking to be more entrepreneurial, either starting a, their own clinic or kind of moving into the fitness realm? If you could give that advice, what would it be? Um, know your audience. That, that would be really one main thing because um, you're not going to be for everyone um, and, and you have to accept that. Um, kind of find your lane. Um, for, for me, I kind of, I knew what my lane and who I was really targeting and that kind of worked. Um, I am absolutely, my fitness is absolutely in no way, shape or form, like a bro type atmosphere. Now that does not mean that I cannot speak bro slang. I mean, come on now, went to some, <laughs> some large universities. I, I can talk that talk, um, but I don't need to anymore. So um, I, I know kind of where my lane is at. Um, people who want to talk about RuPaul's Drag Race in the middle of doing squats, you know, that's, you know, things like that. These are things that I'm able to, to talk with. And so that's, that's really helpful. Um, the other thing is have a, a, a great support system. Um, being able to have friends and family or uh, a partner to be able to talk to and balance things off of um, is going to be very helpful in the start um, because it's, as I said before, it's not easy and you really have, there's a lot of work and a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of stress. And so having a good support system is going to be extremely helpful. Awesome. And have good lawyer and accountant friends, right? 
Yes, those parts help too. Yeah, I need to work on. I've got a financial guy, but I still need the lawyer. At least he can get me to get me to places. So, <laughs> um, anything else around festive fitness that we didn't cover that you would like to cover before we move into these athletic training questions? Um, just that it's something that still brings joy to me and brings joy to others. And I'm, um, honestly, truly grateful about it. And that's, um, probably one of the most important things. Um, uh, the, the success or the accolades and all that have, have been nice. Um, but, and, but mostly unexpected, um, but just really the community and the relationships that I've built, um, have been something that I've been truly important and impactful to me and I hope to to others that follow. I think you nailed it. You hit it on the head. And I've there's a really good article out there that, you know, called 1,000 True Fans. And basically the premise of it is if you wanted to grow something massive, if you can find a 1,000, like, diehard people that just love your stuff out of the, you know, emptying hundreds of millions of potential customers you're you're gonna be just fine and obviously i think that scales to something that even though you've been talking about you know you found your fans i.e clients and your people you care about and all the rest of that good stuff has come with it because you haven't had to you haven't worried about all that stuff you've been able to do it just because you found people that you can impact through what you're doing and the proof is come out of that because it's gone well absolutely yeah i'm just grateful <laughs> that's that's awesome ready for the athletic training chat questions bring them on all right where do you see athletic training going in the next five to ten years and if you could kind of set the example with that um are we talking like where i would personally like to see it or where um, do I think that it's going to go based on current trends? Can I ask for both? Because I'm curious about both. Yes. Um, so I'd say based on current trends, um, I think it's going to still be increasingly difficult for marginalized people to advance in the profession. Um, and I think that it's going to make access just a lot more difficult. Um, I personally was never a big fan of the whole shifting to um, a master's um, version because uh, one, our salaries don't add up enough. Um, and two, uh, it just places more burden on the people's from like financially hardship uh, backgrounds to, to get through. Um, so just that is one thing I think about um, where I would personally love to see it is I'd love um, there to be more quality positions, um, and especially within like athletic universities and high schools run by people familiar with sports and with people who are familiar with sports medicine. Um, cause I think there's a lot of people in, um, administrative roles that really don't have any experience with athletics or sports medicine. Um, and it really shows with how staffs are being treated across the country. Um, I would love to see our salaries increase. Um, you mentioned just how there just are a lot more positions open and I see it, I'm, I get like Indeed alerts just cause I'm always checking and looking mm -hmm. out and I'm always just like, yeah, still not worth, not worth the, the right. money for it. Um, in my position now at a clinic, I make more than what I made when 
I was an athletic trainer for club sports at a university. So, um, and I, my time commitment is a lot more controlled. Um, so it, it's hard to like balance it out. Um, and at my, where I, the, like the office where I work at, there's a lot of athletic trainers, um, like a lot. And we all talk about, like, we would love to go back to full-time sideline, but just the, it doesn't add up for it. So I would love to see things change um, that would make uh, things open up more um, or more efficient um, or more um, equitable, like for people. Um, Because part of it too, in terms of with money is that locations do mean a lot. Um, So being in a rural area is gonna be a lot different than living in a city. Um, So finding ways that it can, be said across the board for everyone no matter where you're at would be helpful um and not just always being told oh here's this brochure print this out and present this to your employer as if like your employer doesn't can't match you back with like oh this is market value so um that would be the biggest thing um i'd love to see um a little bit more um i wouldn't say structure but a little bit more groundwork expectations um, in terms of like the, I feel like AT programs do a really great job of preparing you what to expect like in the athletic training room, but not as much of what goes on outside. Um, so really just more resources for that. Um, and I know that there's a lot of people and a lot of hardworking people doing that already, um, but it would just be nice if it was, um, didn't have to feel like you had to jump over hoops to kind of get the resources and support um, that people may need. I'm with you. I think for the job side, A, we need to get recognized by Medicare. because I think that would be a game changer because then I think a lot of other insurances would fall in line. Hence, value starts going up because your, your services are better to be able you know, to generate revenue. And then I'd love to see some more athletic trainers get into athletic director roles and kind of change the game there a little bit. <clears throat> so I hear you there. Yeah. And I mean, it's, but it's also just so, um, would love for more AT, like ATs to work their way up, but I also have just seen it's very difficult to work your way up in those yeah. positions. Um, there's not a lot of one, you may not have the resources to do all the additional like meetings and whatnot that it would take. And then also, um, I don't feel like athletic trainers are looked at or seen um, in that view. I think um, a lot of people in administrative positions just still see athletic trainers as just kind of like the help and a way that like saves them from liability. And so yeah, yeah. Um, until there's more, a, a more of an understanding, I, I, I hate to, to say, see like, Ooh, things are going to be like amazingly better, but um, now I'm a little pessimistic. <laughs> Can I understand that? What advice would you give yourself as a young athletic trainer if you could kind of set when you would go back to give that advice? Um, mm, th- uh, follow what you know is is what you want to do and don't let others sway you um 
And also I, I would tell my, I, um, I would say, don't stay as quiet as you were. Not that I've, if you can imagine me, a quiet person is not, <laughs> not often, um, but things that I definitely should have been a lot more vocal about, or I won't say should have, um, I could have had an opportunity to, I didn't. Um, and I wish I didn't because um, I know I could have had quite an effect had I done things differently, but it is how it is. Fair. What has been the most influential resource you have found in your career? Um, honestly, I'd say the friendships and the connections with people that I've made. Um, just being able to reach out to them in, in various different times about different things has been helpful. Um, yeah, I've made a, a lot of close friends through athletic training. Um, and even just like the connections through like Twitter um, kind of help and enrich a lot of things and you learn, take different perspectives. So that's probably what I would say. It's a fairly common answer, which for obvious reasons is a, is a good answer. I would agree. As an AT in your setting slash settings, as you've got multiple things going on, how do you take care of yourself? Um, therapy is one. Um, shout out to my therapist because, you know, I think we should all go. Um, it really helps um, not just unpack like date things at work, but just um, so much that people have going on in their lives. Um, so I'd say that um, having a good support system. So having my partner, um, being able to talk with him about things when things are stressing. Um, my family, my mom, um, that's really what helps in terms of self-care as well. Um, I do meditate. I need to do it a little bit more often. Um, but one thing that like I also do, like music has always been a form um, of self-care for me, um, whether it's good or bad or sad. Uh, music is, is really an able, a way for me to um, channel my feelings. Um, I'm a Pisces, so I have lots of them. Um, <laughs> so uh, music kind of helps me um, get a little bit more vulnerable, um, I guess, because yeah, um, you've got to be vulnerable and get to know yourself because um, that's what allows you to grow. Um, so the more you can learn yourself, the better you can serve others. Well said. If you could eliminate one thing, could be a modality, common practice, a mindset, or whatever of your choosing in the field of athletic training, what would it be? Um, there's so many things. <laughs> um, honestly, the first thing that comes to mind just would be um, – just stop having different barriers that really prohibit others from kind of being able to access um, the profession. Um, and there's so many different ways, but um, creating more, less barriers to get into the field, I think would be something I would like to see eliminated. I like it. Last question. What does being an athletic trainer mean to you? Uh, it means everything to me, you know, um, at, like I said, I never really referred to myself as a personal trainer. Um, I'm always an athletic trainer. Um, I take a lot of pride in that. Um, my journey to 
being just even a certified athletic trainer was not easy. Um, and there was a lot of times that it seemed like it wasn't going to happen. So um, having the letters ATC next to my name really um, means a lot to me. Um, and it's, I, I call it a huge part of my identity. Um, and so even in whichever different way or faction um, where life leads me in terms of work or experiences, um, being an AT is I think what is the most focal point to me. Um, and it's everything, all of what uh, my professional life has been built off of has been from uh, the passion of athletic training. Um, so I, I would say it, it means the world to me um, to be an athletic trainer. Also very well said. I like that one. Thanks. I know it could sometimes be misconstrued. I've had a lot of negative experiences that have unfortunately tainted uh, my view of athletic training, but um, I try to just still hold on to the joy and just the love that um, and passion that um, I had for it in the beginning um, to still hold on to it in, as an adult and grown man now. That's awesome. And I'm glad that's been able to keep you in it and continuing to have a positive impact on the people that you serve and take care of. Thank you. Uh, just in wrapping up, if people wanted to follow you or connect with you, what would be the best way for them to do that? Yeah. Um, social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter uh, are two of my favorite places um, at M Watts fitness, M W A T T S fitness. Um, like, fitness um and then also on instagram um at festive fitness underscore um in general i just i don't use social media as much anymore um but twitter you can also you can usually find me on because um i love a good tweet um lately i've been tweeting about um we found a porch cat uh, my partner and i it's been a whole big thing um but yeah so uh, if you like pictures of cats um, I never thought I'd be the person that'd say, hey, come check my page out. But you may get a cat picture here or there. By the time this comes out, it'll probably be the end of it. But I've also seen you, unfortunately, have to live through uh, the Florida Gators football season this year. So sorry. I'm sorry that that's been the case <laughs> this year. So. You know, um, I thought we were ending it on positive things. But, you know, um, <laughs> Uh, Florida Gators gymnastics is coming and you there know you let me tell you we got Leanne Wong world uh, silver medalist so things are looking great for the Gators everything's cool baby everything's cool just saw a tweet about that actually earlier tonight about with her on the uneven bars at practice yeah. so yeah. yeah talk about a powerhouse there yeah they're they're staffed this season um so it's gonna i'm i'm really excited as a gymnastics fan and as a florida gators fan so it'll be really fun to watch awesome well i'm really glad we got to do this glad we got to connect again um it was awesome hearing just kind of the evolution and the change that happened with festa fitness and that it's still going strong um and look forward to staying in touch in the future yeah thanks again for having me stay festive of course